Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Everytown Podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again, and Elizabeth Shelf from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. We give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists, so go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. On November 23, 1945, a man named Dennis Nielsen was born. He would go on to live a life of suppressed sexuality that would ultimately channel itself into the murder of 12 young men. But murder isn't where he stopped toying with his victims. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Dennis Andrew Nielsen, born November 23, 1945, in Aberdeenshire, was a pretty normal kid. He was described as quiet, yet adventurous, and had an extremely close relationship with his grandfather. In 1951, the man he was closest to died of a heart attack while fishing in the North Sea. This death changed Dennis. He became more withdrawn and spent much of his life alone watching the boats in the harbor. Once he hit puberty and discovered he was homosexual, the quiet child began to move into a place of extreme confusion and shame. He began fondling his younger sister as she resembled the boys he found himself attracted to and, on one occasion, was caught caressing his sleeping brother, who then spent the rest of his adolescence making fun of Dennis. He wanted out of this small town, away from his brother's harsh words, and away from the stagnant lifestyle he felt his mother was living. At age 14, he joined the Army Cadet Force and, after finishing school, joined the Army Catering Corps and became a well-known Army chef. He used the military to see the world. Yet, Just like he did as a teen, 
he was forced to keep his sexuality repressed and, as a result, his consumption of alcohol increased. He was known by his fellow soldiers to drink himself into oblivion. During these drinking sessions, Dennis often found himself or his drinking buddies unconscious, the sight of which became a fantasy of his. Then, while serving as a cook at the Al-Mansora prison in the state of Aden, Nielsen was kidnapped and beaten by a taxi driver. In October of 1972, Dennis finished his military career as a corporal and began living with his family and considering his next career move. During this time, after a failed double date, Dennis was outed to his family by his brother. He never spoke to him again and rarely communicated with the rest of his family. He decided to move to London and train to become a police officer. He began drinking again and frequenting gay pubs. He had his first couple of relationships with men, but nothing serious. He resigned from the police, deciding that his personal lifestyle was at odds with his professional life, and began working as a security guard and then a civil servant. Then, in 1975, he began his first serious relationship with a man. They resided in his Moosewell Hill flat before moving into a larger residence on Melrose Avenue. The two were content, but it eventually fizzled out, and Dennis found himself alone once again. All of this, the kidnapping, the combat he saw, repressed sexuality, dark fantasies, and the feeling of constant rejection, all culminated into a series of rapes and murders that would start in December of 1978, when he met 14-year-old Stephen Holmes at a local pub. Decided that he needed company that night, he invited the boy, whom he believed was 17, to his flat. The two began drinking heavily and passed out together. The following morning, Dennis woke to find Holmes still asleep. He began to feel the fear of rejection bubble inside of him and decided that the boy was going to stay with him until the new year, whether he wanted to or not. He reached for a necktie, straddled the boy, and strangled him into unconsciousness. He then drowned Holmes in a bucket filled with water. Once the boy was dead, Dennis Nielsen masturbated twice over his body before storing him under the floorboards where he stayed for eight months before burning him in a bonfire. Stephen Holmes was the first of a minimum of 12 boys, many of which remain unidentified, that Dennis Nielsen lured into his home between 1978 and 1983. These boys and men were strangled either until death or unconsciousness, and then drowned. Once the victim was dead, he would bathe and dress the body, sometimes even applying makeup to make them better suit his tastes, posed and sexually assaulted. Though, according to Nielsen, he never had sex with the bodies. He simply touched and masturbated. He stored the bodies under the floorboards of that bigger residence he moved to with his then-boyfriend. He kept them there for several months, sometimes taking them out and using them for sexual pleasure if they weren't too badly decomposed. He would then dismember them and burn their bodies in a bonfire. He threw a tire on top of the pile to mask the smell of burning flesh, and children, none the wiser, came to view the massive fire. In mid-1981, Nielsen's landlord decided to renovate the Melrose Avenue home. After initially refusing, Dennis accepted a payout, had another bonfire, and moved back into his attic flat in Moosewell Hill. 
The problem was, this flat had no floorboards to store his victims. So, for two months, he made no attacks while he came up with a new plan for storage and disposal. In March of 1982, he took his first victim in Moosewell Hill, 23-year-old John Howlett. In May of that year, he made a failed attempt at taking the life of Carl Stodder, when the 21-year-old woke to find himself being strangled by Nielsen as he whispered, Stay still. Carl believed Dennis was trying to free him from the zip of his sleeping bag until he heard the sound of water running. Dennis attempted to drown the boy, sat him in an armchair, and, realizing he was still alive, massaged his limbs to bring him back into consciousness, telling him the story of how he heroically saved him from strangling himself in the sleeping bag. Carl's daughter survived and was able to testify at his trial. The killings at Moosewell Hill would ultimately become his downfall. His new plan for disposal was to flush the dissected pieces down the toilet. The pipes became clogged, and Nielsen himself wrote a letter to complain about the situation. Plumbers were called and found the pipes filled with fleshy material and small bones. Because it was the end of the night, the dino rod employee called his supervisor and the pair decided to return the next morning. When they arrived at 7.30 a.m., the pipes were mysteriously cleaned out. Suspicious, the pair found some small pieces still in the drain and called police. The pipes led to the attic flat belonging to Dennis Nielsen. When police told Nielsen that the blockage found in the drain was human flesh, he stared at them in shock and said, quote, Good grief, how awful. The police responded by asking him to stop messing around and tell them where the body was. Nielsen responded calmly to look in the nearby wardrobe. On February 11th, Dennis Nielsen was, was arrested for one of the murders. He soon admitted to the others and explained in vivid detail how he spent his time with his victims post-mortem, that they were simply a prop for his fantasies. On November 4th, 1983, Dennis Nielsen was found guilty of six counts of murder and one of attempted murder. He was sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum of 25 years. That minimum was replaced with a whole life tariff in 1994, ensuring he would never be released. Dennis Nielsen remained in prison until his death on May 12, 2018. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 24th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.